Six Ways to Make Your Content Live Longer. Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, episode 308. Thank you for joining me for the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is the award-winning podcast about podcasting. It's where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. By the way, before I get into this content, big thanks to the Academy of Podcasters for including the Audacity to Podcast as an award nominee. And I'd love your help for this. Don't worry, you don't have to vote every day or something like that. Although I will register the Audacity to Podcast also in the People's Choice Podcast Awards, so you can nominate it over there if you're interested. But where I could really use your help is in the Academy of Podcasters. They want a five-minute sample of an episode of the Audacity to Podcast, something that best represents the Audacity to Podcast that I would submit for review by the Academy of Podcasters when they're deciding what podcast should win the award in the technology category. So I'd love to hear from you. What five-minute section of an episode would you recommend I submit for the Academy of Podcasters Award? Please email me, feedback at theaudacitytopodcast.com. Hey, extra points for you, and those points aren't redeemable for anything except maybe awesomeness in your mind, but extra points if you go ahead and grab the five-minute clip and send that to me. Or simply suggest the clip if you remember a section or can tell me the time code of a five-minute portion or so that you think I should use in my submission for the Academy of Podcasters. Now, let's get into this content for this episode. Long tail. You may hear people talk about long tail for content. Even in search engine optimization, we talk about long tail. And in the podcasting space, long tail is when your podcast episode has a long life of relevance and consumption. Look at a podcast like Mignon Fogarty's Grammar Girl. That has incredible long tail. People are listening to old episodes years later. I remember even when I first found her podcast, I think she'd only been podcasting for maybe a year, maybe two years. But I went back and downloaded every single past episode and listened to them. They were that good. And even today... If I found Grammar Girl Podcast today, I would probably be extremely tempted to go back and download all the past episodes because it's relevant content today. Grammar doesn't change all that much over time, and certainly the grammar issues that she talks about are still relevant today. So her podcast has great long tail. It lives a long time. It's still relevant, and it's still being consumed today. So I want to teach you how you can keep your old episodes alive and use those old episodes to continue growing your audience for your podcast. It doesn't only have to be your new episodes you use to grow your audience. It could also be that old content you've produced for years. So here's the quick overview. Number one, create timeless content. Number two, keep the information updated. Number three, cross-reference your content. Number four, add your best episodes to an email autoresponder sequence. Number five, automate recurring shares. And number six, manually repost when relevant. If you'd like to follow along in the show notes for episode 308, then go to theaudacitytopodcast.com slash live longer. Let's dig into this in more detail. Number one, create timeless content. If your older content doesn't have continuing relevance, then there's not much sense in promoting it today. By definition, 
timeless content doesn't refer to and is not restricted by any specific time. So timeless content from years ago would be equally helpful or entertaining today. And by the way, that's what you should always seek to make your podcast be, helpful and or entertaining. So if you want your episodes to live long and prosper, go ahead, do it with me. Do the Vulcan thing with your hands if you're able to do that with your fingers. Do it with me. I'm doing it right now. Okay, we've got that out of the way. Make your podcast episodes do that too, to live long and prosper. If you want your podcasts to do the whole live long and prosper thing and do the Vulcan hands with you, then you need to design them to be timeless. Think about the movie industry with all of the different genres and movies there are out there. Old movies, like It's a Wonderful Life with Jimmy Stewart, is still watched today. That old movie is certainly dated. It's black and white, although I really like the colorized version simply because, and I know there's an artistic aspect to black and white, but the colorized version, I felt when I watched it the first time that I could see what was happening in the movie better with the colorized version, but I know there's deep respect for the black and white, so I'm not going to start that debate, but it does look dated. However, the story of love, friendship, and hope will be forever relatable Who doesn't want love, friendship, and hope? That's why people continue to watch It's a Wonderful Life today. And in fact, it's been a Christmas tradition in my parents' home for I don't know how long, for as long as I can remember. Christmas Eve, we would get to open one present from under the tree and we would watch the black and white version of It's a Wonderful Life. Back then it was on VHS. That's how we watched it. And then later on DVD and at some point maybe we transitioned to Blu-ray or I think I was moved out by that time. But people still watch that movie today because it's that good and it's that timeless. Instructional content like the Audacity to Podcast is instructional or educational content. And that kind of content can sometimes be difficult to make timeless depending on the type of instruction. If it's technology-based You have to assume it will change someday. It may be a month from now or it may not be until years from now, but someday it will change because technology is always changing and changing very quickly. But if your instructions are based on principles, then they can transcend technologies. That's why when you look at the Audacity to Podcast, I talk about so much more than merely the technology of podcasting. I talk about how to use the technology. I talk about the concepts behind it and other things like that. There are times when I talk very specific technologies, and I know those episodes will be dated. Like one of my most referenced episodes is actually number 72. It's one of the few episode numbers I remember. That's my episode where I talk about how to set up PowerPress on your site. That's now outdated because back then there wasn't a simple mode on PowerPress. But that episode still mostly applies to the PowerPress advanced mode. However, there are many other things to consider and things that have changed since then. Like back then, I did not recommend categories for podcasting. I think I even recommended that you set up a custom channel as your main podcast feed. You don't have to do that anymore with PowerPress. So yes, some of that's changed. I know that happens sometimes when I talk specific technologies and even some of my recommendations change. But as much as possible, when I can talk about concepts, I don't have to worry 
about the specific technologies. Yes, I may refer to technologies in the episode, like I will with this episode. I've got some resources I'll mention for you on one of these specific points later on, and those will be in the show notes. But if my recommendations change in the future, I'll be able to go back and change those show notes. But I'll talk more about that in a moment. Unfortunately, not all content can be timeless. Podcasts about sports, news, politics, and other current events are inherently timely. And fan content, such as for movies, TV shows, music, books, and other media, are part timeless and part timely. If the content you base your show on has its own long tail, your podcast could probably have long tail too. But the time of that source content's release, like a movie, will usually be the best days for your episode about that. I'll refer back to this concept in a little bit later on in this episode. So as much as possible, try to keep the bulk of your podcast timeless, and then it will actually make sense to promote old content later on. If your content, though, can't be timeless, you might not benefit as much from this specific episode and the content I'm sharing with you, but don't fret because my next episode will be about better promoting timely podcasts and some neat ways that you can leverage your opportunities there. So this is the number one thing. If you want your podcast, okay, let's do it one more time together. And if you've been practicing this whole time, here's your opportunity to show me through the headphones you're probably listening to right now. Here's your opportunity to do the Vulcan thing again. If you want your podcast to live long and prosper, the number one, create timeless content. Okay, you can stop stressing your fingers right now. That was the last time I referred to live long and prosper in this episode. Number two, keep the information updated. As the world and your own perspective change, the information you shared in your episodes may need to be updated at some point. This is kind of a form of maintenance, and it's especially beneficial if your content attracts a lot of new people from searches. Like the Audacity to Podcast brings a lot of people in through search engine optimization and people looking for these things and finding the Audacity to Podcast. And that's why I so often get the comment that says something like, nice article, or I really appreciated this write-up, or something basically telling me they didn't listen to the episode. And I made design changes and player changes and such. And the most important thing, though, is that they got the content they needed from me. Not so much that I forced them to listen to the podcast. Although sometimes they do say, yeah, I, I downloaded it. I'll listen to it later. But I glanced over the show notes and I got the information I needed now. So I'm happy I provided the information. But that aside, In cases like that, or in cases of anyone else finding your content through search engine optimization or any kind of search, keeping your information updated will ensure that you're delivering the best value, building your reputation, and serving people with the right information. For example, I recently updated the show notes for episode 126 of the Audacity Podcast. That was from many years ago. That episode, if you don't memorize my episode numbers, was how to change your podcast information in iTunes. Now the title now says slash Apple Podcasts. But the reason I went back and updated the show notes for that episode was because someone commented on it to say, how can I do this with my Lipson RSS feed? And I realized as much as I recommend also the Lipson RSS feed as a great other option for creating your podcast RSS feed, in case you're wondering, the two places I recommend most for generating your RSS feed are your own website with PowerPress or Libsyn. Both of those provide so much control over your RSS feed that you can do anything with it you want. 
But that old episode about updating your information in the Apple Podcasts app didn't actually address that other feed that I now highly recommend. I didn't explain how to make these changes inside of Libsyn. So I went back and added some of that information in in response to someone who had asked about that. And I might also go back and update the notes to reflect other changes in PowerPress and podcast feeds in general. So anyone now who goes and looks at those show notes, especially those show notes, because in the episode, I talk through all of these locations and that can be extremely difficult to remember. So people are very likely to go to the show notes to see exactly what locations I'm talking about for things. Those show notes then are now more up-to-date, even more up-to-date than my podcast episode was. And updating your show notes is super easy, and I do think that should be your first priority because of all of those people who are stumbling upon your podcast episode show notes. And this makes more sense if you're doing timeless content or instructional content. Updating the podcast, however, may be a little more difficult because you may want to edit in the new information, or you may be tempted to completely re-record the whole episode with some of your updated information. But there is a simpler method to this. First, as much as possible for instructional content, refer your audience to the show notes for the most updated information. If your instructions then have changed enough that your recording may be overly outdated, then it's really easy for you to keep that information updated by updating only the show notes. If your instructions have changed enough, you could simply prepend an announcement. For example, you could say, due to updates, the information in this episode has changed. So please visit the show notes or please visit this specific link, whatever that link is, for the latest information. And now here's the podcast from 2004 or whatever. If you edit the episode, you will need to re-upload it with the same file name to your media host. On Libsyn and most other podcast hosting services where they give you a monthly allotment that you can upload to their service, replacing an old episode will probably use some of this month's upload allotment. For example, if your host lets you upload up to 200 megabytes per month and you're replacing an episode from a few years ago that's 20 megabytes and you're uploading a 20 megabyte file, that podcast host like Libsyn will see that as a new file and deduct that from those 200 megabytes you're allowed to upload this month. But Blueberry, on the other hand, with their media hosting package, offers a feature called Long Tail Podcasting. And this allows you to replace any episode you've already uploaded with another by the same name, and it won't count against your monthly limit. And that replacement episode must be the same name, and it must be within a 10% difference from the original file. This gives you all kind of flexibility, by the way. You could change your audio branding. You could change an ad in it or a sponsorship spot. You could remove information later on or, as relevant to this conversation, you could add that little announcement at the beginning of your episode to let people know information has changed and where to go to get that updated information. And if you decide that the updated information is important enough to record a whole new episode about it, then consider redirecting or at least linking the old episode to the new one. You could do that by posting a link in the notes to say, this episode is outdated, please listen to the new episode here. You could take down that old episode. You could place a 301 permanent redirect on the old episode. So anytime someone tries to visit the show notes for the old episode or tries to listen to the old episode, it takes them to the new one instead. It's really up to you 
and what you think is best for your audience. Is it important for that episode to remain in your feed? Or is the information now so outdated and maybe embarrassingly so that you have to replace it with newer, better, or correct content? That's number two. Keep the information updated. Number three, cross-reference your content. If your content remains relevant to your audience, you should have plenty of opportunities to cross-reference your previous content. When you do this, don't assume your audience remembers or even heard that older episode. You may need to remind them what it was about or a quote from it or mention it as a more in-depth resource. For example, now that I have an episode about redirects, I can reference that episode anytime I talk about redirects or when I feel it's important enough to point you to that episode for more information about redirects. And I did that in my episode 306, which was how to move podcast hosts and your RSS feed. And in my clean comedy podcast, there are certain jokes or stories we reference and we can then tell our listener what episode to revisit to hear that full story so they can be part of the joke too and so they know what we're talking about. You can even plan this to your huge advantage. Like consider making a cornerstone episode or even a series of episodes that's so focused and core to your content that you reference it frequently. It could then quickly become one of your most popular episodes and the most important to your audience. Anytime you can get your audience to engage more with your content and it meets their needs, and those needs would be to be either helped and or entertained, they then become more connected to you and to your podcast, and thus they become more loyal. And this kind of relevant cross-referencing also helps your search engine optimization, or SEO, by showing the relationship between high-quality pieces of content, as long as they are high-quality pieces of content. And it could also help connect influencers with other pieces of content they may want to share too, and thus further increase your ranking and, even more importantly, your reputation. If some influencer out there is doing some research and they stumble upon your site, and then they see this post is relevant, and then it links to these other posts or these other episodes that are also relevant, that person will be much more likely then to talk you up and say nice things about you and quote from you and help your reputation. And that is priceless. If your older content has a descriptive title, consider using that for the hyperlink in your show notes. For example, the title of that episode about redirects is Redirects and How to Use Them in Podcasting. So I could simply hyperlink that inside my show notes. You could also hyperlink a description of the episode and its relevance if the title isn't descriptive enough or if the title itself doesn't really flow well in the sentence. For example, my show notes might say, and this all be hyperlinked, learn more about the different kinds of redirects from my episode 280. And that's the hyperlink. Whatever you do, don't merely paste the URLs in your show notes or link it with text that simply says, click here. That's not easy for your audience. It's not helping you with search engine optimization. It doesn't really look good either. When you reference that old episode within your new podcast episodes, I recommend giving the episode number if you use numbers. And if you use numbers in your episodes, please make sure they're also visible on your site. Because if you're telling people, yeah, look at the episode 280, and they go on your website and type in 280, 
they might not find the episode or they might not know what episode they're looking at if the number isn't somewhere on that page. Now, that's if you use numbers and point your audience then to your current episode's show notes for the link to that episode. That way, in your podcast, you're not saying go back to the audacity to podcast.com slash 280 and the audacity to podcast.com slash 270 and the audacity to podcast.com slash 126 and the audacity to podcast.com slash 306. It's too many numbers and too many URLs to try and remember. So point them to your show notes for all of those links to those things. So you can say, for example, to hear that story, listen to episode 270 or click on the link in our show notes for the episode at whatever that show notes URL is. And please make it a simple URL. That's number three, cross-reference your content. Number four, add your best episodes to an email autoresponder sequence. If you're not into marketing, please don't let this scare you away yet. If you have any kind of email list, consider making it valuable to your audience with an autoresponder sequence, sometimes called automation or a series. It really depends on the email service provider that you're using. And I like ActiveCampaign most of all, but also MailChimp now has autoresponder sequences free for free users. And you can also use AWeber or ConvertKit. I have links to those in the show notes if you're interested in them. But this autoresponder sequence is a series of emails that send sequentially to every subscriber from when they first subscribe or take action. So everyone receives email one, then email two, and email three, and so on. And that's regardless of when they're added to the sequence. Everyone starts at the beginning, but maybe at different times. You can make these sequences be really anything you want, and they can even do some automatic marketing for you if you have something to sell. And you can also use this to promote your timeless episodes, especially those that are so far back your audience may have forgotten or maybe never even heard them. For example, here's an email that I'm adding to my own sequence. Hi, first name, whatever that is. You may hear people talk about redirects. This can be a URL, either memorable or something hyperlinked somewhere that redirects people to use it somewhere else. For example, the audacitypodcast.com slash SiteGround redirects visitors to my recommended web hosting provider, SiteGround, through my affiliate link. The two most popular redirect types are 301 Permanent and 307 Temporary. I recommend you use a permanent redirect for anything on your own site and use a temporary redirect for anything on someone else's site, like slash Amazon, or that may ever change, like slash live. If you'd like to learn more about redirects and how to use them, I did an episode all about that. Click here to listen to redirects and how to use them. Faithfully, Daniel J. Lewis. Notice that the email gives value first. That makes it more likely someone will read it, that they'll stay subscribed, that they'll open future emails, and that they'll even click the link. But your emails don't have to be exactly like that. They could be even much simpler than that. Say something simply like, hi, first name. Have you ever been confused by redirects and which one you should use? I have an episode all about that. Click here to listen. Faithfully, Daniel J. Lewis. Sprinkle these kinds of reminders of your timeless content then throughout your email sequence, and it will help your audience engage more with your older content. It may even point them to the exact thing they needed, but they didn't know you even had on your site. That's number four. Add your best episodes to an email autoresponder sequence. Number five. Automate recurring shares. Automation can save you time and help you engage your followers, and it's not evil. 
For example, if you live stream on a consistent schedule, why not schedule a recurring message to remind your followers that you're going live and give them the link to join? This will then remind them of something they do actually want, and it will save you the time and distraction when you're trying to start your show, and the message goes out automatically for you so you don't have to worry about it. If your content is timeless and thus still relevant today, why not reshare it? This could expose people to content they may have never known even existed, and it can even bring new people to your podcast. I use a tool to automatically reshare my old but timeless content. It's called Social Jukebox. I have a link to it in the show notes at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash live longer. And from my own personal Twitter account alone, in the last month, 197 people viewed old content that was being reshared by Social Jukebox. And for 75 of those people, it was their first time ever visiting my podcast site. And I continue to see results like that with almost no extra work on my part. I simply add new things to the queue. And that's how this works. You have a queue that you load up with compelling messages and links, not simply episode five, episode six, episode seven, but something that's descriptive. And then the automation tool will cycle through all of the content in that queue, publishing it for you on a set schedule. I did a few episodes about automation for podcasting, and from two of those episodes about internet-based and WordPress-based automation, I mentioned some tools for doing this kind of automated recurring sharing. First, Social Jukebox. This is my preferred social automation tool, and it's much more affordable than the alternatives like Edgar, which I'll mention in a moment. But I think Social Jukebox packs some even better features. Next is Edgar. That's probably the most popular social automation tool. You hear a lot of people talk about it, and it does have a beautiful design and simple usability, but it's a bit pricey, and there are certain features about it that are really hard to use, whereas Social Jukebox, it's much easier. So I'm a big fan of Social Jukebox. It's a lot more affordable and a bit more customizable with things, and it continues to get better. On the WordPress side of things, look at Revive Old Post or TweetWheel, and both of these have pro versions of the plugins too. And I have links to them in the show notes if you're interested. These are similar to Social Jukebox and Edgar, but they're tied directly into and managed from your WordPress website. So when you publish a post, you have the option to set what you want that recurring message to be about that post. And a new service that I recently signed up for and am experimenting with is Missing Letter. And that is, of course, without the E at the very end. And I've got a link to that in the show notes too, if you're interested. With this service, you give it your RSS feed and it will automatically pull shareable quotations, images, and make quotation images for you then it can create a recurring campaign to share that old information for you. And it's like these previous tools I mentioned, but what's neat about this is that it's pulling in what it thinks are key phrases and sentences and images from your content. So it's giving you multiple messages that you can use across time to promote the same content. So you're not using simply the episode title every time. You might be using a point or a quotation, or an image, something like that, referring back to the same content and then repeating that over time. If you want the links to these tools, then go to the show notes for episode 308 at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash live longer. That's number five, automate recurring shares. And number six, manually repost when relevant. 
even if you set up an automation tool, there may be times when your old content may be more relevant right now. For example, if your podcast reviewed the original Star Wars trilogy, then people might be interested in it when a new Star Wars movie is released. Or going back to what I mentioned earlier with some of that timely content that's about TV shows or movies and such, again, continuing with this movie example, you may have originally published your podcast review when the movie was released in theaters. Today, maybe, the movie is being released on disc or download. So it's a good time to remind your audience of the original review. It's timely right now. And you may be able to schedule that ahead of time, or you might not know when it's coming out on disc and download. So you just watch for it, and when it's coming out, that's when you reshare that old content, but that is extremely relevant again today. So that's number six, manually repost when relevant. So once again, six ways to make your content live longer. Number one, create timeless content. Number two, keep the information updated. Number three, cross-reference your content. Number four, add your best episodes to an email autoresponder sequence. Number five, automate recurring shares. And number six, manually repost when relevant. If you want the links to these resources and tools that I mentioned, or to comment and share your own experience or ask questions about this, then please go to the show notes at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash live longer. Thank you, Michael Larson, producer and frequent commenter on The Testing Show, who wrote this kind review for The Audacity to Podcast in iTunes saying, never too late to learn slash refine your podcast. Even though I've been podcasting for years in various formats as the producer of a niche technical podcast, I like to hear ways slash techniques to make my podcast the best it can be. Daniel J. Lewis's The Audacity to Podcast is a terrific broad brush show that covers a lot of ground. If you are a new podcaster, you will learn so much to get off on the right foot. If you are a seasoned veteran, you will still learn a lot. So there is so much to the process of podcasting, including all of the isms and itties of your podcast to consider. Thank you, Daniel. I've really appreciated the content. Thank you for helping an old dog learn new tricks. And that's from Michael Larson from The Testing Show which is at qualitestgroup.com. And here's more about Michael's podcast, The Testing Show, covering everything related to software testing. Our panel of software testing experts will break down and analyze new tools, methodologies, trends, and more. With a new episode every two weeks, you'll be sure to get your testing fix. The Testing Show is sponsored by Qualitest. Deploy software that you and your customers trust with Qualitest software testing and business assurance services. Hey, I think I was just tricked into doing a little ad spot for Qualitest. (laughs) But thank you for the review. You can check out his podcast over at qualitestgroup.com if you are thinking, oh, that's exactly the podcast I need to check out. And the link to his podcast is in the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash livelonger. When you write a review for the Audacity to Podcast, it it really encourages me. And what I like to see most is how the podcast has helped you. And if you write a review, please make sure you mention the name of your podcast so I can give it a little shout out and link to it like I did with Michael's podcast. And I have that link to his podcast as well as a link to write a review for the Audacity to Podcast in the show notes at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash live longer. My Zoom H6 for podcasters course is almost complete. I decided to share a draft preview of this inside Podcasters Society and already heard from one member who went through it and they said, this is stellar. You're a freaking rock star, dude. 
I really appreciate that. And if you're interested in the Zoom H6 for Podcasters course, it will be available for purchase soon, even if you're not a member of Podcaster Society. But if you're thinking of becoming a member or you are a member, you'll get access to the Zoom H6 for Podcasters course absolutely free included with your membership. And if you're on my email list, you may get a special opportunity to pre-order the full course at a discount. I've got more information coming about that soon at the Audacity to Podcast. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. I'm Daniel J. Lewis from the audacity to podcast.com. Thanks for listening. The audacity to podcast is a proud member of noodle mix network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.